Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Turn with us to Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll begin our reading in Jeremiah chapter 1 at verse 4. When you find it, let us know you're there by saying amen. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Are you there yet? Amen. Praise the Lord. I was waiting waiting for you to get there. Praise the Lord. Y'all there. Amen. At least you pretended like you are. So let's go. Let's say uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. God's word reads as follows. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Amen. Would you pray with me for a moment, eternal and everlasting God? We bow before your throne of grace today, asking that you would have mercy in this hour of preaching. God, let the preaching of the gospel serve to accomplish the salvation of those who are lost. Draw them out of the darkness. Draw them into the marvelous light. Father, let it be an encouragement to those that have drifted away. That they will return their fellowship to the relationship they have with the true and the living God. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that the preaching of the word of God today would cause those that have come in who were discouraged to be encouraged. To edify this body. To glorify yourself. Father, in all that is done and all that is said, we want your name to get the glory and the honor and the praise. Here I am, God, a vessel in your hand. I need you, Jesus. I need you in this preaching hour to be my voice, to be my strength, to be the wisdom of my mind, the articulation of my thoughts. Have your way in and through me, God, as I surrender as a vessel in your hand. Bless your people. Bless yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kettering, on last Sunday, we began a series of messages entitled, You Matter. You Matter. We began our journey last week in Matthew chapter 15. We spoke to you from the subject matter, know who you are. 
You need to know who you are. We examined the text there of Matthew chapter 15 of Jesus coming in contact with this Syrophoenician Canaanite woman who was a Gentile. And there we heard, oh, actually witnessed a troubling reaction to her request of Jesus. This Syrophoenician woman had a daughter who was severely demon-possessed, and as she made petition of God that he might help her and have mercy on her, there was a troubling reaction. He answered her, not a word. And then when he did answer her, we define his answer as being a traumatizing answer. He traumatized this woman in the midst of all of her pain and all of her frustration as she was already going through by telling her, I didn't come here to help people like you. And in fact, it was not good to take the bread of the children and throw it to the dogs. So finally, there was a true sense of self that we saw in this woman, in that this woman was able to acknowledge to Jesus himself, yes, Lord, I might be a little dog, but even the little dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So she had a true understanding of herself. And as a result, Jesus says to this woman, woman, great is your faith. And as a result of her faith, her daughter was healed that very hour. This morning, as we look at this text in Jeremiah, a very familiar passage of Scripture, Jeremiah, who often is called the weeping prophet, was persecuted greatly by his own people because he dared to bring to them a message, a message that they didn't want to hear, a message during a time in Judea's history that there was major moral, spiritual, and social decay in the nation. A time when they didn't want to hear from God. But Jeremiah was raised up to take a message to them in a time that they didn't want to hear it, but he boldly proclaimed the word, if you don't repent of your sin, if you don't turn around from your wicked ways, God's going to bring judgment on this nation. That judgment was to come in the form of 70 years of Babylonian captivity. God's going to draw you out of your homes that you live in. He's going to extract you from this promised land. He's going to have the temple that God built here in the temple stripped down. The houses will be burned. God's going to bring severe judgment if you don't repent of your sin. People didn't want to hear it, so they continued on about their way. But this is the picture and the image of the time when Jeremiah comes to be prophet in Israel. Jeremiah wasn't always such a confident leader, such a a certain preacher of this message that he had. In fact, as we look here in uh, chapter 1, which is the calling of this priest to a prophetic ministry, we see quite a bit of uncertainty uh, in Jeremiah about the assignment that God has for him. And So uh, we'll dig into this text and we'll see that Even though Jeremiah is uncertain about what God has for him, God is very certain about what he has ordained for Jeremiah. And there in the conversation we see that God's helping Jeremiah to see that, Jeremiah, you're you're capable of doing what I'm calling you to do. You can do this. So he wrestles through his uncertainty, if you will. And God lets Jeremiah know, Jeremiah, what I've done in you and what I've done to you and what I've done in the creation of you was intentional. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't an incident. It was very intentional. And he had no reason to be uncertain about the assignment that God had given him. So I want to talk to Owen this morning in the second part of this series of messages entitled You Matter. From the subject matter, be certain of you. 
We live in a time now where people are not really sure about themselves. They're perplexed about their comparison to other people, especially in such a social media crazed generation of time when people are on these social media platforms purporting themselves and disguising themselves to be more than who they are, to have more than they have, to be better than they really are, and to, to put on all kinds of facades. In fact, when you start looking on what people say about what they're doing and where they've been and what's happening and, and all of all, people making up stuff anyway, it makes you kind of feel a little questionable about who you are. It gives you a little bit of uncertainty. It's like, well, I mean, well, it seems like everybody else is doing better than you are, and you start to compare yourselves by what everybody is saying. And so then, in order to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, you begin to just kind of blow up your story a little bit, and you begin to be a little bit better than who you are online, and you begin to be a little bit better than who you... Oh, that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Dude. And so you, you, you fabricate your story because you're not really sure, and you're not really certain of you because you're comparing yourselves by yourselves. And so there's a great degree of uncertainty of who I am, and there's a great degree of uncertainty. Can I do what I'm supposed to do? And in fact, even uncertain about doing what God said I can do. And so I think this will help us to be certain of you. As we look in this text, the Lord says in verse 4 to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I love this introductory statement to Jeremiah, this priest of Anathoth, he says to him, Jeremiah, there was a preconceptional knowledge of you. Lord, help me here. Jeremiah, before you were formed, before you were conceived, I knew you, Jeremiah. I knew who you were prior to your mother meeting your daddy, prior to the sperm meeting the egg, prior to mama getting sick in the morning, prior to all of that, Jeremiah. Matter of fact, before conception even happened, before the strongest sperm raced up the channel and made its way to the egg and broke in, before that even happened, I knew you, Jeremiah. I knew you, Jeremiah, not just in an intellectual way, because the word that's used here is a Hebrew word, yada, and the word yada that he uses is a word that gives the understanding of an intimate knowledge. Jeremiah, I knew you intimately. This word is used in the sense of an intimacy that we see between a husband and a wife in the same way that Adam knew Eve in Genesis chapter 4. Jeremiah, I knew you intimately. Jeremiah, I knew you. I yawed on you. This word gives the understanding of, in, as we see in Amos chapter 3, it gives the understanding of one who has knowledge of another in a personal, intimate way, but in a way that is protective and covering. Jeremiah, before you were conceived, I had a protective and a guiding and a personal, intimate relationship and knowledge of you. I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah, this depth of the knowledge that God is telling Jeremiah that he has of him is a hint of the knowledge of God that God has even of him, his very self. Jeremiah, I know you like I know myself. Jeremiah, when I'm calling you to do what I'm calling you to do, Jeremiah, I know you. Jeremiah, 
and I've known you before you were even conceived. That gives a whole different spin on our existence and the knowledge that God has about our existence. Before you became conceived in the womb, people are going to want to, God, how, how, how did you know me before I was conceived? That's what makes him God. I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were conceived. And watch this. It says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. What this helps me to understand is that the forming of Jeremiah, in the same sense, the forming of you and I is based on the preconceptional knowledge that God has about us. The information that God has, he uses it to form us. So in other words, every detail of who you are, God knew who you are before he started forming you, but he used his knowledge of you that happened before you were conceived to begin shaping you and forming you. And therefore, every eyelid that you have, every finger, every toe, every little part, every big part, every color of skin, every texture of hair, every eyeball, every fingernail, God shaped it around his knowledge of you. Lord, why did you make me six feet tall? Because I knew you before you were conceived and I shaped you according to my knowledge of you. Why didn't I have blue eyes or why didn't I have a different texture of skin or or a different texture of hair? Because I knew you and I formed you around my knowledge that I had of you. You understand this? If we understand the way we were made with the certainty wherewith God made us, it helps us understand that we are not an accident. That we are not an incident that occurred. No, we are the deliberate and intentional creation of God. And there is no accidental additives nor any incidental insufficiencies in us. God did not make a mistake. He knew exactly what he was doing when he made you. And in his making of you, in his forming of you, in his shaping of you, he wants you to have certainty about your life, about who you are. Now, I understand that God didn't make me just half-heartedly. He was very intentional. And in fact, his knowledge of me precedes my conception. Then, if I happen to be a preacher, and I got up this morning and times are hard, and I don't feel like preaching, guess what? I can preach on with the certainty that God knew me before I was born. Now, if I happen to be a child who's dealing with bullying on the playground, guess what? I can deal with the bullying. I can go on because I know God knew me. You can't change who I am based on what you say because I am who God says I am based on God's preconceived knowledge of me. Before I was even conceived, God knew me. It doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter how you talk about me. And so I can go on. There, because I know that there's no error in me. There's no fallacy in who I am. Because I was formed around his preconceived knowledge of me. That's how I was made in the womb. Jeremiah, he goes on to say, Jeremiah, not only do I have preconceptional knowledge of you, but he says to Jeremiah here in the text, before you were born, I sanctified you. Jeremiah 
I not only sanctified you, but I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What we see here is not only did God have a preconceptual knowledge of Jeremiah and you and I, but he also has a pre-incarnational setting apart of Jeremiah. In other words, Jeremiah, before you were incarnate, before you became flesh, before you were born into the world, before you came down the birth canal and opened up into the world, before the doctor spanked you on the bottom and you cried out, before all of that happened, Jeremiah, I already had ordained your life. I already had set you apart. And this setting apart that we look here in the text is not a setting apart from all the original sin. No, that happens only when you personally and intimately accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But Jeremiah, this sanctification that we're talking about here in the text, God says, Jeremiah, in essence, Jeremiah, I approved you. So you want to know, Jeremiah wants to know, am I qualified? You want to know, am I qualified? Are you qualified to do what God called you to do? Before you were born, he qualified you. Um, Before the council got together to decide whether or not you qualify, God had already qualified you. Lord Jesus. Before they evaluated you, God had already qualified you in his divine knowledge of you. He said, you're qualified and I set you apart for this cause. Jeremiah, I have pre-incarnational knowledge and pre-conceptional knowledge of who you are. And so therefore, Jeremiah, in other words, what I've done for you, Jeremiah, I set you apart to purpose. Do y'all hear that? I set you apart to purpose. You have a purpose that has been ordained by God before you were even born. Y'all still here with me? Now, because you've got purpose from God that was uh, in place before you were born and Before you were conceived because he had knowledge of you and he formed you and shaped you according to the knowledge that he had of you. And he already had a predetermined and predestined path for your life. He shaped you according to the path that you were going to travel. And so that's why he didn't make you different from the way you are because if he had made you different, you wouldn't be able to travel the path. Can I make it plain? Maybe the path for you is to go down into a tunnel that is four feet, nine inches. And if he made you seven feet, eight inches, you'd never make it through the tunnel. Maybe if the color of your skin were different or the texture of your hair were different, you wouldn't be able to fulfill the destiny that he already set you apart to accomplish. Are y'all hearing me this morning? What I want you to know, and as, as you look at yourself, and as we wrestle with certainty about who we are, you need to be certain that God didn't accidentally and just incidentally make you. No, he made you, and he formed you, and he shaped you, and he set you apart to a purpose in life. You, uh, God purposed, he set you apart that you would have that government job. I know you don't like it. 
You wish you had some other job. But God, before you were born, he set the job aside that when you applied, they would say yes to you. God fixed it so that the time that you spend in the military, God set it apart. He set you apart. He made sure that you could pass the physical exam to get in. Because he had set you apart unto that assignment. Preacher and teacher, God set it apart. He set you apart that you would be the preacher, that you would be the teacher. God ordained it. It didn't just come to mind. It didn't just work out because you wanted it to. It just wasn't your predetermined. It wasn't your determination in your mind. No, it was predetermined by God. God purposed it and he set it in place way before you were even born, before your mother and father already, before they even decided what college they was going to send you to, God already knew what he was going to do with you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You need to be as certain about you as God is about his creation of you and his purpose for you. God is showing up certain about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. Before, before you were conceived, I, I knew you. Before you were in the womb, I, I knew you. I sanctified you. I set you apart, Jeremiah. I ordained you. That This idea of ordination is the idea of approval. I, through my divine knowledge, I approved you. There may be some others, Jeremiah, that may not approve you. They may say, Jeremiah, you're too young. Jeremiah, you too, you're too this, you're too that. But, but, but Jeremiah, understand something. I approved you. Listen to me. I know that society may say to you, you are too this or you are too that, but you don't need to listen to society. Listen to God. God can set it apart. God will put you in place. God works it out. Y'all do know all promotion comes from God. And I know you're working hard and you should. And I know you're coming in on time and you should. And I know you're leaving on time and you should to get the promotion. I know you went to school and you're furthering your education to get, do it better and all that. And you should. Nothing wrong with all that. But that's not what promotes you. That's not what opens the door for you. That's not what gets you to position. I need you to understand something about the purpose of your life. God already had it planned out. He already had it mapped out. He already had a doorway waiting for you to get there. You just had to do what you had to do to get to the door. And when you got to the door, the door opened. And some of you sitting here right now trying to figure out, I don't even know how I got to where I am. I'm one of them people. I don't know how I got here except to know that God ordained it before I was born. And God fixed it. God worked it out. God navigated everything to get me where he needed to get me so that I could have all the things happen in my life. All the little pieces of my life God orchestrated to get me right here where I am. I'm not sure, but I think if I had never left this area and God took me, sent me to North Dakota where ain't nothing out there. I mean, ain't nothing out there but cold weather, open fields, big giant rabbits running around. He had to do all that to get my attention because there was too many other things distracting me here. And he took me all the way to North Dakota to get my attention to say, I've called you to preach my gospel. 
He orchestrated all that. Because preaching wasn't nowhere on my radar or agenda. It was not in my plans. So even I look back now, I know he was God that got me here. It was because he preordained and purposed my life. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.